was recording. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the very first ever Cancer Sisters podcast. What, what? This is a story all about how our lives got flipped, turned upside down. Thank you, Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff. And yeah, I'm sorry. I will not <laughs> We're sing, amateur rappers. Not sing or sort of fake rap again. Um, Cancer Sisters is kind of, um, you know, it's kind of an icky title, but it, it's great for us. It sticks because we are sisters and we both have cancers. Mm -hmm. Cancers, cancer, well, different cancers. So (laughs) it's plural. It's plural. Anyhow, that's how we very cleverly came up with the name um we are identical we are part of triplets so we do not call ourselves twins because that leaves out brother george and uh we've never liked doing that but um the last about three years yeah two and a half 21 yeah Yeah. summer summer spring summer of 21 have been um you know to use an overused metaphor an absolute ridiculous roller coaster shit show it has been yeah it's been an up and a down and a way high and a way low and uh dark and scary and crappy so that's kind of how we started with the idea we kept talking to each other and we kept laughing yeah, um, there's a, a lot to laugh at because if you don't laugh at it, you'll cry about it and nobody wants to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know. We kind of jokingly said we should do a podcast and here we are sort of trying to podcast. So I think it's also that people should hear what we've gone through from our perspective, but because it's so weird because knowing what we know now, it could help other people. Um, it's just sort of fantastical. So, we are by no means experts by degree, um, although we're we're smart ladies. Um, we are smart people, uh, by no means experts in this, and we can't give you any expert advice. We can only tell you about our experience, and that's what we hope to do. We um, we've we've told our story to a few people mostly medical professionals and the genuine reaction is a whole lot of like what the you know fill in the blank most people Uh, say what the fuck quite yeah Yeah, really quite frequently really honestly that's what we said (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah this second go around yeah or maybe the first go around too but more about that in a minute um i'm gonna tell you a little bit about myself. Amanda's going to tell you a little bit about herself. We didn't really introduce ourselves. I'm Nicole. That's Amanda. I'm Amanda. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Um, And uh, we're going to tell you a little bit more about our story. I'll have Amanda start. Excuse me. (laughs) I'm going to get started. You can cut that out. Um, Okay, so... Gosh, where to begin? Um, We are going to get started talking, well... Just the facts, man. Just the facts. Um, So Nick said, as you know, we're triplets. We have a very close-knit family. We have a very supportive family. And uh, that's key in going through anything like this. Um, We have uh, grown up in Ohio, moved other places, moved back. And 
I feel very fortunate um, that I landed back here a few years ago uh, because little did I know when I started going through this how much I would need my family. So um, thankful for that. Um, we are in our 40s and uh, live very, totally very healthy lives. <laughs> right, you can't tell at all. <laughs> Nobody knows. No wrinkles. <laughs> um, we grew up as competitive swimmers. I went on to swim in college. Then I went into bodybuilding for almost 10 years, and uh, we both love the gym. We live and eat healthy, and um, I will say that I credit that to knowing what it means to feel good, to feel good in my own body, and to know how healthy feels, because I, I will say I don't think the average American knows what it actually feels to feel healthy, um, but I credit that with knowing when something was wrong, and... Um, so as we get into my diagnosis, I'm going to give you some facts, but no, we are talking about rectal cancer and it could get a little personal. A little personal, <laughs> a little gross. I mean, who in the history of forever, ever wanted to talk so much about poop? The Nobody. rectum? Nobody does. Nobody. Nobody really wants um, to. The things we've had to say. There is a hashtag out there called um, Ask Cancer. Hashtag Ask Cancer. Hashtag Ass cancer sucks. Yeah. But it all sucks. Any yeah. kind of cancer. But yeah. The point is, uh, it gets personal, friends. It gets personal. It does. So, here we go. So, I had started feeling um, a little weird in um, the spring of 2021 and just felt um, sort of like something was in my gut. Um, I was having a lot of bathroom issues. I was having a lot of bleeding. Um, I totally explained that away as, oh, I probably have hemorrhoids. Um, something else you get to deal with in your forties or sooner. <laughs> um, Not and, the kind of roids. but it kept getting worse. So I wasn't sure what I was feeling or honestly where it was coming from. And I can explain that a little bit later. So... Um, I went to see my gynecologist, who's just, shout out to Dr. Peterson. Amazing. She's so amazing. Lovely human. A lovely human. Um, and she's like, well, we should, I'm not sure what's going on here. We should text, che you know, check you for STIs, um, check on your IUD, which I'd had at the time. Uh, uh, here we go with the personal. The personal stuff with a low hormone IUD. Um, and that kind of stuff. So she gave me sort of a broad spectrum antibiotic and, and we talked about, uh, fiber and all the things you got to eat to help yourself, um, from being constipated or having any problems like that. And, um, a couple weeks later I called her up and I was like, I don't feel better. I still feel this. I feel like a weird pressure, um, sort of somewhere in between my colon and my uterus. It was really strange. Um, and when I went back to see her again, she was like kind of stumped. And she's like, well, this could very much have to do with your IUD. So we scheduled about a week later for me to get that removed. It had been there for four years. Um, we can have a whole separate conversation about that. If you don't know it, go look it up if you do. We need to know what it is. <laughs> but um, intrauterine device. And, yes. Thank you. And when um, we got to that appointment the tumor had made itself known and pushed through 
uh, from my rectum into the vaginal wall. And uh, when your doctor says, whoa, this is bad. Uh, the password you know. is panic. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, so within, I mean, not less than 24 hours, she made a call to a friend of hers and I went to see um, a gynecological oncologist the very next morning. And after about 15 minutes with him, he's like, hey, I don't think this is my department. Sent me down the road to, um, we walked over the bridge in the hospital. A colorectal oncologist. To the colorectal oncologist, who is now uh, my surgeon of record, also a great doctor. And um, started this whole process. So within uh, another few days, I was meeting um, my oncology team. I was getting... Uh, told what would my treatment plan would be. I met with radiation. I got mapped for radiation, and um, within three Probably weeks, a PET scan. Cat, yeah, a PET scan. After that, um, a couple rectal exams on a biopsy, really awkward table. Very awkward rectal exams. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pause on that for very, a minute. No, well, no, that's more for later. That's in a different episode. That's oh, in pretty the, hilarious. No, that's okay, in fine. a different episode. Yeah. All right. So then I started treatment. <laughs> because <laughs> Nicole wants me to hurry up for no, uh, no, no. I'm kidding for three months uh, five days a week uh, every week uh, taking chemo twice a day and radiation once a day so I'd have the weekends off and it was super intensive and super shitty pun intended <laughs> so um, QV butt jokes <laughs> so that brings me to March twenty or March fourth, two thousand two, when I got the news that I was completely cancer free, which was an amazing day. It was a Friday. Um, Nicole was actually at uh, the place where we get her hair done, and I interrupted her appointment and so we could cry ran into and the hug. salon so we could cry and hug about it. Made everybody come over to my house and have champagne. It was an amazing day, and I cried for probably twenty minutes before I could talk to anybody because. I didn't realize how much tension I was carrying around on my chest. It was just like a, it was like a physical weight lifted. Um, mm-hmm. And then had a year thinking I was in the clear and scheduling a surgery that I was supposed to have this past March, March 9th of 2023. And I had to have a CAT scan before I did that. And it was a PET scan, wasn't it? It was CAT scan. I CAT PET scan. scan. Yeah. Okay. It's like blue dye versus red dye. It's, mm, it could have different. been a pet CT. Yeah, it could have been the hybrid, if you will. <laughs> yes. Um, where they said, hey, we've got some lymph nodes in your lungs and some things that we're looking at. Um, and I'm like, what do you mean my lungs? Yeah. Right? We were like, well, you know, you had COVID in December. They're right. just still reacting. They're going to they're gonna calm down. Yeah. I 100% believed it was nothing. I started so did I. scheduling so much stuff. I started making my schedule as busy as it could possibly be. Because um, I was like, yeah, I got nothing to worry about. Ready to move on. And then when I went and did a biopsy, which is super scary. Well, you skipped the month wait. I had to wait have a month. a second CT scan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to tell me they got larger. Should have wrote, I should have wrote this down. That's great. You're here for that. <laughs> and then... I'm your notebook. I'm your notebook. living notebook. And then I got a biopsy, which was super scary because they were digging around in my lungs. 
And so their result was um, two hyalur lymph nodes, which are in between the bronchial tubes in out, you know, sort of outside of my lungs, but almost inside my lungs. And um, one that is in the lower right lobe of my right lung. Mm-hmm. Kind of it's redundant. Redundant. Yeah, the right lobe of the right lung. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. See, this is how we just laugh about things. I am an English teacher by trade. <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, and that brings us to present day. I'm currently in treatment. Um, I'm in my second month of IV chemo, and I have a well, port. You, you skipped the part where your rectal cancer metastasized to the lymph nodes in your lungs. Skipped every other organ. Thanks be to God for that. But right in the lungs... Yeah, which I had less a less than two percent chance of that happening. I am so rare and special, so special that it went right to my lungs. Yes, yes, so yeah. So it's metastasis, which is another ugly word. Cancer, ugly. Metastasis, ugly. And stage four, which is super ugly. It's automatically stage four, right? Because Mm -hmm. that's what metastasis is. When I was stage three the first time, which was plenty scary. Mm -hmm. Well, like your doctor explained, it takes one little cell to mutate and travel and settle somewhere else and that's metastasis yeah which which i kind of hate to admit was a shock to me i really thought i I guess i thought of it differently or ignorantly before because because of the rectal cancer and what it is it was an hpv tumor it was highly curable like like over 95% success rate and I was in that over 95%. And so not rare. So not rare for it to be completely totally usual. And because one little cell broke off and went for a swim into my lungs, I'm now no longer able to be curable. I will just be in remission status, hopefully. And it does look it doesn't my prognosis like it's not as uh bleak bleak right as stage four would let you believe um it doesn't mean i'm terminal it does mean i will deal with it for the rest of my life so that's the part i skipped over the bastard word is (laughs) bullshit (laughs) you could say bullshit louder (laughs) no no no. when you say the password no yeah the password you have to it's like that soft breathy Uh, voice bullshit (laughs) <laughs> whole lot of bullshit <laughs> um so where i skipped over that now here we are i'm currently in treatment and um because so many things are have been happening and we're dumbfounded like we just can't believe it's happening um this is why we needed to share it with the world and so i'm going to kick it back to my sister So she can get us caught up on all things with her. Yeah, well, I don't think you really talked about what kind of treatment you're having now, but I guess there's time for that. Well, I thought you wanted me just to keep it light. Oh. An overview. All right. Sure. You know, it's just the facts. Just the facts. Hold on. I am getting um, IV chemo through a port in my chest. Mm -hmm. I go once a week for three weeks on and one week off. And on the first week of every round, I get two 
medicines that are put in over a couple of hours and they're you're in your week off yeah and they're really cheers to that cheers and they're very um that's a hard one that's a hard week it's really there's a lot of side effects um but then I get two weeks sort of at the same and now um it's Thursday we're getting towards the end of this week where I start to feel better get a little body aches I have body aches today but by tomorrow, I should be feeling really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I have a whole week off. Yeah. So that is super exciting. And a great weekend of family ahead, so. Yeah. Family coming in town. Friends coming in town. Yeah. Celebrating my niece. It's going to be awesome. Sa- oh, I said I wasn't going to sing. <laughs> you can't help yourself. <laughs> Once, twice, three times a cancer. Uh, I... Really, I have to apologize again for singing. What could I do? Just roll with it. Um, I considered writing a memoir with that title, Once, Twice, Three Times a Cancer, but then um, podcasting is a whole lot easier than sitting in front of a Yeah, if she wrote a, a memoir, she'd have to leave me out of it. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's life experience. You could, have been, in, you could have been in it. I mean your life. Yeah, you're in my life. It'd be, it would be like heavy on my life, but like <laughs> you're in, in my life. Um, so 2005 was the very first time I had cancer. Back in the day. That was bad. Stop. Bad for both of us. Um, 2005 was the birth of my sweet little Ava. And I went to, um, back to my OBGYN for sort of that six month checkup. And he did a physical and found, uh, lumps in my neck, which was so fun because he used the word goiter, and a great, great Dr. Davis. But I was like, no, you can't use the word goiter. Call them lumps, call them bumps, call them cysts, call them whatever you want. Not okay Not to use goiter. the word goiter, like flashbacks to National Geographic and yeah, like elephantiasis, kind of like <laughs> in my head. And I was like, I don't have a goiter, um, but I had goiters. So I had, um, that was I, the only time I felt sheer panic because Ava was a baby. Melina was a year and a half old. I had never heard something so awful before as you might have cancer mm-hmm. after a biopsy, which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, but that, but I had never felt so terribly panicked. I had never felt so much like, what's going to happen to my life? How will my girls live, live without me? What will happen to my husband? What, how can I be so young? I was just 30 years old. I used to make fun of 30 year olds. <laughs> oh my that gosh, like I'm so ago. young. <laughs> but I was 30 years old. Um, so I did have, I did have to have a thyroid biopsy. That's where the goiters were. Um, and it turned out I had, um, an autoimmune disorder called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is a lot of fun and a lot to learn about. Um, but because of that, I had sort of this overgrowth of cysts on my thyroid and the biopsy, while horrible because they could only use a local anesthetic and every time I tell the story I swear that the needle gets longer and and bigger but you know you can kind of see it coming in towards Mm. your neck from the side and your peripheral vision 
it was um it was not not a not a great time um anyhow that was inconclusive so i had uh, a solid mass on the right lobe of my thyroid and in uh cystic mass on the left so the surgeon ended up removing the solid mass and part of the center portion and i had half a thyroid for a while and it was great but once the thyroid was half my thyroid was removed pardon me and <laughs> sent uh sent away for testing or examination or whatever we call it um then they found papillary cancer so I had cancer, but by the time I knew it, it was already out. So it was the most terrifying experience, but somehow uh, incredibly lucky. I ended up having about a year and a half later, the rest of my thyroid removed because there was so much scar tissue and so much uh, of that sort of cysts, sort of that Hashimoto's causing the attack of my thyroid. So I had that removed. So that was 2005. Uh, Amanda shared with you about her diagnosis in July of 2021. Yeah, but I have a quick question. What's the question? Well, so have you talked to your oncologist? We do have different doctors. So have you talked to your oncologist about anything possibly being related to that? Or is there no link? Well, that is a different kind of cancer. I mean, that was papillary thyroid right. cancer, fortunately. So not that's all they found. Okay, I've answered my question. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> Okay. You've already answered it. Um, well, after you know spending so much time with you, which I don't have to tell you, but people who might be listening, and yeah. if you're still listening, I'm so, so happy. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, after spending so much time with Amanda, you know, I was with her in those first appointments and <sighs> sometimes took her to treatment and, you know, visited a lot and, and uh, just... He tried to spend what time I could with her during treatment and help her out. Um, it was it was a stressful year. It was a stressful year at work. It was a stressful year because I think if I think maybe some of you who are listening, you very likely have loved somebody deeply who has been through cancer treatment and you know, and you've you've been through that that terrifying roller coaster ride with them. Well, at some point, I started to not feel good, but totally explained it away to my disrupted sleep. Thank you, perimenopause and stripe and stripe. What? Stress. And, um, you know, I had started having all this disrupted sleep and sort of this, you know, this this ache and all this constipation. Again, who in the history have ever wanted to talk so much about poop. But I talked to all of my doctors about the constipation and it was, I, you know, I talked to my gynecologist. I talked to my primary care. I talked to, well, those are the only two doctors I had at that point, but you know, I was talking to them and sort of, we talked about all the normal remedies for constipation. I was taking Metamucil, not Metamucil. Yeah. Miralax. I think I tried Metamucil. That did not help. Did not work. <laughs> and bulking we, up the poo did not help. No, and we started talking about it, and Bulky I was poo. explaining it away for you, and telling you there's no way that oh yeah, 
Because the fear is that you're you would experience something the same thing that I did, and I was like, no way. Yeah, no way. You're just constipated. Yeah, I was constipated, and then you know the relief of the constipation, and and you know I was feeling sort of this dull ache, but I had totally explained it away because yes, constipation. And listen, if you're listening and you hate the word, so do I. But um, yeah, so that that I had a number of reasons and a great deal of stress to explain away the constipation. Let's cut to some good stuff here. We took the, the most fabulous vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family went to Rome and to Florence, Italy. And then Amanda met us in Athens and we went to Santorini. And we had just the world's greatest, loveliest, most amazing vacation. I just want to go back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So when uh, when we came home in July from vacation in July of 2022, well, Amanda came home with some COVID. That was cool. But right. I, <laughs> well, luckily it was just like some sniffles. It wasn't a big deal. But I had already scheduled um, my colonoscopy because it was time. We learned that the uh, the recommendation was for anyone who was 45 to get a colonoscopy. And I had lowered from 50. Just past the age. <laughs> um, plus, you know, with Amanda's history, it was like, well, yeah, I got to have a colonoscopy. Um, we can, we can talk about colonoscopies. I'm we not sure. We can do a whole episode I'm not, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure we want to get into that today. Here's your sign, and we'll say it again if you haven't done it. If you are about 45, it's Go time for it. a colonoscopy. Yeah. Okay. Um, you Stop know. screwing around. <laughs> Go to your doctor. Do the colagard if you're allowed. Just do it. Don't strain while you're on the pot. Listen to your body. Yes. We'll come back to that. Yep. But... Uh, yeah. So the doctor came in after the colonoscopy. He said, well, we found a polyp and removed it. And that was benign. But there's this really big mass there that, you know, he never said was cancerous. But he said the polyp was benign. And then he said, but then there's this mass. And I think I did say, what the fuck? Yeah. Because... That was almost exactly a year. One year and one day. From your diagnosis. From my diagnosis. A whole lot of what the hell. Yeah, so the surgeon couldn't, or the the doctor performed the, the colonoscopy couldn't say with certainty, but he did say it looks like cancer, and then... Yep, and then more testing and a biopsy, and lo and behold... It was behold, the same size as mine, too. Yeah, the same size mass, and it was Freaking the weird. same cancer, squamous cell carcinoma, rectal cancer. Didn't say that. I didn't say that in mine. You did not. Squamous but squamous cell, cell carcinoma, carcinoma from HPV. Now let's pause here to talk about HPV, the human papillomavirus, which has become more common than herpes in most people. Lots well, a lot of fun to talk about, but that's what's really important. Um, Amanda and I both knew we had HPV in the 90s, the no. 1990s, from um, an abnormal pap smear. And we, you know, we went through our own experiences then with abnormal pap smears. But here we are in 2023, and, well, that was 2022, pardon me, um, yeah. in 2022, and I had not had any abnormal pap smear results between 1997 and 2022. So to yeah, me... Neither did I. Yeah. To me, it made no sense. Um, None at all. No. And I had no idea before Amanda's diagnosis that 
uh, HPV can hang out in the body. And just like that, a little cell travels and plants somewhere and grows. And, you know, who knows how long? Who knows if we actually had the cancer at the same time? If mine started growing, you know, later? Nobody can really tell us that. No. Um, What I did learn was that the... Um, there's some kind of stress response in the body that, um, you know, kind of wakes it up and that a tumor will grow rapidly from that point and show itself pretty quickly. So it could have been slow growing, but, and then decided to show itself, you know, we could have had it at the same time. We don't know what that stress response is, but I mean... The no, world I mean, shut we down, take, so yeah, <laughs> we could go we on could and take on guesses, on. right? Yeah, yeah. We are talking in twenty twenty ish. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we could talk about all that and like, like maybe why, but, uh, yeah. So I went through almost the in a, in a different hospital system with a different set of doctors, but almost the same treatment as Amanda. Um. That started. We were kind of on the same timeline because the diagnosis was about the same. My treatment started. And when did I start? Why can't I remember this? I think it was the end of August. Because you were, you were not No, it was the middle of August. Start school. It was yeah. the middle of August. Right? Right. It was before school started again, but it was the middle of August. Right. It was, it was after we got tattooed. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, then I went through the same treatment. Not quite as lengthy. Uh, as yours, of course, yeah. but it was the same. It was at home pill form of chemo and daily radiation. I did twenty eight treatments, I think, five days a week, except yeah. for Labor Day. Yeah, <laughs> twenty eight, and I did thirty two. Yeah, and so uh, she had slightly less to do than me, and I was thankful for that. We'll get into thank you. Yeah, we'll get into what it's like to have your rectum radiated. Ooh. In another episode, but with a disclaimer at the front of it, because you may, I don't know, maybe you don't want to know. Some people may want to skip (laughs) Oh, you want to know about what that's like, but let's just go ahead and say it's painful. Um, So yeah, I learned not on, when did you say? March what? Oh, March 4th. March 4th. When you got... Yeah. Yeah, when you got remission news, I got remission news on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. 2023. Um, and it, my doctor was very conservative with his words, but you know, I said, Oh, it sounds like you're telling me I don't have cancer anymore. And he said, well, we use the word remission. It took me a full 10 minutes to realize what he was saying. <laughs> I had left the office and I was like, ah, remission, <laughs> you know, and it was an exciting time. Um, but it was smack dab in the middle of Amanda's scan Finding, you know, out, finding that... out that she had inflamed lymph nodes. And we were two little hope boats. Little boats of floats of rainbows and hope. Rainbows and sunshine. We, I might have literally skipped for a, for a couple of weeks. I was yeah. like, everything's going to be good. It sucks that your surgery is postponed. But you're going to have it at the end. And, oh. Just have to wait a month. Everything's going to be fine. That's not what happened. Yeah. So, um, Amanda's diagnosis caused me to think because if, after my colonoscopy, I did have an MRI and a PET scan. And on one of those scans, and I can't even remember which, it did show a nodule in my lung. 
the reports said it was likely scar tissue. I had had two follow-up CT scans and I was scheduled for one in late June. We're in the middle of June right now. Mm -hmm. I messaged my doctor, told him about my sister's diagnosis. I said, it's no, I know it's not logical, but can I move up my chest CT? He said via my chart message, so sorry to hear about your sister's diagnosis, but no, keep it in June. Um, so we said, I, <laughs> I happened to be talking to my primary care physician about something else. Um, and, and it's great. My primary care physician is the one who helped me find my oncologist in the first place, who happens to be his sister. So that was pretty awesome. But I was talking to him about this whole thing and I said, I feel like it's totally irrational, but I can't help but wonder about this lung nodule. It's not the same, you know, it's kind of been there hanging out. It hasn't really grown. Um, but he said, I'll, I'll look at your scans and I'll give your oncologist a call. And two days later, I got called to be scheduled for a biopsy. Still riding that little happy cloud of hope. So, that I was so much hope hear. that we didn't even really talk about it. You kind of swept it under the rug to uh, the rest of your family. <laughs> I'm feeling a little... Judgment? <laughs> it's okay. Carry on. Feeling a little judgment. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I didn't really talk about it. I was like, nah, no big deal. I was pretty panicked about it because, you know, I knew about what your your biopsy looked like. And I just got scheduled for a biopsy. Mine turned out to be totally different. Yeah. Um, I was under that twilighty stuff where you were fully sedated. Um, they went through your throat. They took a big needle through my back and I didn't even know it. I mean, I knew it, but didn't know it. That's that whole twilight thing. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so it wasn't scar tissue, friends. It was adenocarcinoma. And that... That's straight up. All right, let's just pause. What? For what the... Dramatic effects. (laughs) (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. What the... We're pausing for dramatic effect. Uh, Yeah, so I have lung cancer, and Amanda has cancer in her lungs. Yeah. I have metastasized cancer. And you have a whole new kind of cancer. and It's it's, own little nugget of nastiness. Weird. Totally weird. I mean, I'm I'm super glad it's not metastasis. Because for that, the... Well, you'll tell them. But for that, the solution is still curable. Yeah. It's surgery. Yeah. It's a pretty weird reality to say... Or to even think, at least it's not metastasis. Right. You know, and and people who don't know you, but, I, you know, I haven't talked about it much, but I have talked with a couple of people about it, and they're like, oh, well, that, I mean, that's good. It's not, it's not like your cancer spread. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't really make you feel any better. No. Between us, I can say, like... I want, I'm happy about that, and you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. But if anyone else says it, you're like, I still have fucking cancer. <laughs> it's fucking lung cancer, and I've never been a smoker. I, I am not, I have been, have not been a smoker. I don't smoke anything. I do have to admit to taking Nick, Nikki's um, Camel Lights in, you know, 93, 94. Well, 
Yeah, that but was, what for a week? Like, I never ever, never... I never ever bought my own pack of cigarettes. Right, I just took me neither. From, I can say that I took from friends at the bar. I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's non-smoking lung cancer, and it is. Um, I mean, I can't call myself lucky, but it's a, it's a better situation, I suppose, compared to yours. Um, I'm facing a lobectomy. They're yeah. gonna take the upper right lobe and sucky. the lymph nodes from the middle lobe, and if my anatomy is such that the lobes, the upper and the middle lobes, have sort of a distinct separation, then that's it. If not, they might have to take the middle lobe. It sounds awful. It sounds painful. My surgeon did use the word pain three times. Great. But um, today is the fifteenth. Fifteenth. Yeah, I got some fun things ahead. Actual fun things. I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah. Actual fun things ahead. And then the 27th of June, I'll have a little back to me. Yeah. But there's so much good stuff in between now and then. So. Yeah. So we've said a lot. Yeah. What questions do you have? I'll wait. <laughs> oh, we're not live? <laughs> <laughs> so we will, um, I think that's a good place to stop. Because that's a whole lot of information and an introduction. I think there are a lot of things that we plan to talk about. And I think things that we don't even know we're going to get into. Um, But there's so much to talk about with different treatments on how we feel um, as triplets going through this. um, How our other family members feel. But you and I have are especially close-knit. I did tell you you were not supposed to follow in my footsteps. I am the youngest sister, but... Um, yeah, I'm the only, I'm supposed to set the tone here. Yeah, but, um, you know, to talk about things from that perspective, and we're also hoping to find a little answers, because uh, next month I get genetic testing, and I'm going to compare it to your genetic testing, and mm-hmm. um, there are some clinical trials that I'm looking into, and things for the future, Um but we're going to talk about the good and bad and the ugly and the funny. And sometimes the disgusting. And the disgusting. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And what life is really like. Because honestly, the thing is, like, when someone says, hey, how are you? Okay, well. Yeah, to tell you the real story is a really long answer. Yeah, a really long answer. How am I? Because of what I deal with just to get up and get out of the house every day. Um, and that's part of what... It, Part of leftover when I what I went through from the first treatment, mm-hmm. all the side effects and part of the side effects I have right now. Yeah. And so coming up. Coming up. Future episodes. Yeah. Go ahead and list them. We have some good titles. We've got faith and feelings. Yes. Throw in any of your other favorite F words. Varding and other <laughs> fun realities. Good. <laughs> There's a good meme for that. We're gonna have to post it. <laughs> the chicken pickle. We'll leave you in suspense. <laughs> Clean and healthy colons. We're going to have some guests on. They're with clean and healthy colons. Super healthy colons. Um, minor inconveniences. A big effing problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, hashtag anger issues. We're going to talk about the medical system. Wow. We are in two different medical systems. And we're having two different experiences. Both good. Um, mostly good. And sometimes Madding, Lar- largely anger producing, yeah, frustrating, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure, yeah. 
Uh, Amanda's going to tell you a little bit more about all the ways that she continued to work and crushed her goals. And um, I'm going to bring on some guests of my own, some young people. Yes. Yeah. So that's what we have planned so far. Who knows where this will take us? One thing we'll talk about is you going through a treatment as married with kids and me going through a treatment as single. Because I can't tell you how many times people were like, oh, what are you going to do? You're single. Mm, that's that fun. was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind having cancer. Let's just point out that I don't have a... It's not about you having cancer. Man. It's like, you're single. Oh. Mm, how terrible for you. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh thank you for listening if you made it all the way to the end you are the most awesomeness yeah awesomest awesome make awesome. sure you follow us on instagram at the cancer sisters underscore podcast for fun content and uh we'll effing talk to you later bye bye